Hello everyone, welcome to episode 20 of Pucks and Nucks. Um, it's been one week since the Canucks were eliminated from the playoffs, um, and it's been quite a few days since uh, we last recorded because we wanted to kind of take our time, gather our thoughts, not be so hot-headed on here. Um, so yeah, now that it's been a week, uh, we, we, we got what we want to say, and yeah, we're just going to you know talk about what happened, what went, what went right, what went wrong, and what we got to do to keep moving forward. It's honestly felt like longer than a week to me. Um, I don't know. I just, I had a lot of time to sit and think about this. And I think before we get into the in-depth stuff, I think right off the bat, I think we should just say, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say how tremendously proud we are of this team and the run that they made. The fact that they took St. Louis to game six and beat them in game six and then took Vegas to game seven, who Vegas is heavy cup favorites, I think, or or they're up there with Tampa. I'm not sure on the odds, but the fact that they were able to pull that off as such a young group, I think that in itself is something to be proud of. But uh, without further ado, I think we should uh, just get into what happened here. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just start with the obvious. Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, and Bo Horvat. Um, one led in points, one set a record in uh, franchise assists by a rookie defenseman, and the other one led the playoffs in goals through the first three rounds. So, I mean, just just outstanding. And not even, like, stuff you don't see on the stat sheet, right? Like, Pedersen might be the best two-way player in the league right now. Um, and Bo showed up for some games, didn't show up for all of them, but, you know, when we needed him, he was there. And, and Quinn, obviously, all reliable on, on the blue line there, helping out. Um, not only defensively, but offensively too, setting up uh, quite a few chances in the offensive end. I I, I don't want to say Quinn played bad because he didn't. I do have a little bit of, I want to talk about him though, because in games one to four against Vegas, I feel like he was a little bit, I don't want to say pre- like pressured in the sense like, you know, he was kind of looked a little bit more scrambly and a little bit more frazzled. He didn't necessarily play bad, but you could kind of see he was getting a little bit frustrated because he wasn't sure what to do because Vegas was coming at the, at him like full force. Um, but the fact that game five, six, and seven, I saw a tremendous uh, improvement in his game. And the fact that he was able to adapt within the series like that, I think is what was most impressive for me from Quinn's side. And, and like you said, obviously... Petey and Bo, like you said, Bo had his moments. wasn't wasn't great all the time, but you know, for a team making their first playoff run since our twenty fifteen, like first time in the playoffs, uh, I was really impressed with how the the young guys, our our core group for the most part, showed up and and delivered. Yeah, and one guy, you know, you want to talk about young guys. Obviously, this was an entirely uh, young team and new into the playoffs. One guy who we kind of talked about a lot and uh, Canucks Twitter entirely was uh, Jake Vertanen. So a bit of a story with him, you know, we uh, we didn't see him in the exhibition game against Winnipeg. And Jim Benning says, don't don't make too much about it. Don't don't hang your head on it. Um, then he doesn't play games one and two of the Minnesota series. Um, and then if I'm not mistaken, he comes in in game three. So uh, and then, yeah, he obviously played every every game after that. Um, he scored two goals. He had an assist on the on the on the grinder Miller goal uh, against St. Louis in Game Five. Turned the series around that goal, in my opinion. Yeah, 
Yeah, that it really did. Um, so where do we go from here? Is this a guy who we're like, okay, he's a restricted free agent. We're we're okay to sign him for the same price, um, if that if that's what we can agree on, and we keep him because you know we know he can. Like that one, uh, we can that game six was it when he was when he was just flying by guys like with McDavid speed that we've never seen before gets a couple goals or is this a guy where okay we're happy he scored his goals because now his trade value is upped and we can get rid of him it's tough because when he turns it on he turns it on and it's a matter of getting him to turn it on and I think the fact that you see it or you don't see it sorry more often than you see it I think that raises a lot of questions uh, on his side and, and for Jim Benning and from what I've from what I've heard, Jim Benning's had enough of him. Uh, and to be honest, this this isn't a guy that, you know, if we got rid of him, I wouldn't be sad to see him go. Um, like I, I'm on the fence because like you love you love it when you see it. Like when he turns it on and you see it, you you love it. And then for the rest of the time, it's just like like as you say, uh, he's just out there to filter oxygen. Uh, and it's unfortunate because you see it. You see the potentials there. Like you mentioned, I think it was it was St. Louis, the game six you're talking about, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so St. Louis game six, he's blowing right by, guys. And we said to, I said to you and I said to Mitchell, I said, where was this all, all series, all playoffs, this speed, right? So I don't know because if you can't turn it on all the time, you're not really any help to the team. And, you know, would would you not rather have a guy who's, okay, maybe a little bit less skilled, probably going to take a less of a cap hit, but is there all the time, you know, constantly going, doing what, you know, what Jake would do those few games that he does turn it on, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I think a guy that, that kind of did that was Tyler Mott, where you don't really hear him all year, and then in the playoffs... He's blocking shots. He's he's got two goal games. Like like he's just just tear, turning it on, right? And uh, I mean, yeah, we'd take less of a cap hit, and you know, Jake's had his his off ice issues. But you've also kind of led me to the point where that's that's kind of where this team is right now. We have a, we have a very good top six, and then after that, we kind of just got some bad contracts and some dead money and guys like Jake who you you know aren't always there every night. So uh, when you ask me. Uh, rhetorically, would you know? Would we rather just do that? I, yes, I, I would. I'd rather because Jake is the problem right now. That's why we can't get over the hump. That's why we're not in the conference finals. Is because our bottom six is. I, I mean, there's millions of dollars there that really don't need to be there. Um, so, so yeah, yes, I would. Yeah, and I know Brandon Sutter's another guy we talked about. Uh, he's he's another guy that just kind of. It's just kind of there, in my opinion. I don't know. I know. I know he's there on the penalty kill, but again, like you've said, penalty kill. Like Mott's been doing a lot of the noticeable work on the penalty kill. You know, if you watch, Mott's the one going side to side. Sutter just kind of stands there, um, and there's no speed at all from him. Even when he has, you know, when he has a chance, there's no speed. Um, so the bottom six is something we're gonna have to clean up I think and I think a lot of those guys are replaceable but I'd say pretty much all of them are uh, but speaking of the bottom six I know he wasn't fantastic but my boy Antoine Roussel 
This guy just cracks me up when he plays. I love watching him play. <laughs> like Thatcher Demko. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but um, just the way he goes around with his chin strap done up, like he's choking himself. He's got his visor comes down to his mouth. He just, I, he just goes there beaking off the people. Like I don't know. I, I loved it. He's one of those guys you love him when he's on your team and you hate him when he's when he's on the other team, right? Ab- absolutely, and. And you talk about, you know, the bottom six. Okay, you saw it. I, I know Beagle's a big contract. You saw Beagle throwing the body occasionally. But I noticed a lot of the guys went back to just doing those flybys, and especially Sutter, too. Like, you watch, they'd be on the four check. I can maybe pick out a two for sure. Uh, yeah, two for sure. Maybe three guys in the bottom six that would actually go four check, you know, lay the body, put pressure on, you know. So there's Roussel. You saw Beagle do it sometimes, and I, you would see Mott do it sometimes. I said those three guys are the guys that would actually forecheck hard. And I think, I've been saying it for a while, I think that was the difference is you'd see Vegas would forecheck, and they'd finish their checks where the Canucks would just forecheck, and they would just kind of fly right by. But, yeah, back to Roussel. I mean, if anyone's listening, um, that Roussel jersey, I'm still waiting for it. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm waiting for that Roussel jersey. I mean... I'll, I will gladly wear that, wear that jersey to every game I go to if I if I ever end up going to another game. Who knows what's going with what's going on right now? But um, you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's replaceable, but he loves you know you love kind of watching him and like the way he is and even that like he's you did the the Thatcher Demko like when he read the lineup that was hilarious. I was I was pissing myself laughing and. Maybe if I can pull it up, maybe I'll I'll play a little bit of it. But um, we should get that get that in the show somehow. I don't I'll, know I'll get I'll get that clip in there. In net, we have a rapper artist, Toucher. <laughs> let me switch gears to this. We obviously love Roussel off of um, like after the whistle. You know, he's in your face. He's you know he's throwing the body. Obviously, he's, he four checks. He even scored a he's couple a, goals. He's a less skilled Burrows, is what he is. is he's yeah. even is he the playoff grinder that we talked about for probably the first four episodes of our show? The, the guy, the Dale Weiss, the uh, the the Rick Rippin, the you know uh, who who else? The Zach Cassian. Is is he that guy? Like he's not big, and he's obviously not gonna drop. He wasn't stupid enough to drop the gloves with with Reeves or anything, but he was going to, you know, chirp him off. He was going to, uh, you know, hit the goalie's pads take, after Take the a misconduct that, take, take you a know. misconduct for giving a hug. You know, he was gonna just yeah. going to be a weasel, right? Is that what we want? Um, Or is that what we need? I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly replaceable, but I like his personality. Um, you know, and you need those kind of light guys that kind of, you know, like the guys that keep it kind of light. And... And I, I think if we could get a little bit more skill around him, because like we met, like I said, he's not the most skilled guy. You know, he's more he's more the guy that'll win the puck battles, and then get it get it out to the more skilled guys. You know, so I think I think he could be that guy. There's potential to be that guy. I I would love to see him be that guy because I love him very much and. <laughs> And he's slowly becoming my favorite Canuck. Uh, but at the same time, there's also other people that can do that too. Do the same thing he's doing, if you get what I'm saying. I do. I do. Um, 
Obviously, though, a lot of our problems don't lie uh, on the forwards. It's more on the defenseman, in my opinion. Um, so we got a big, we got a big uh, off season for the blue line this year. Stetcher and Tanev, um, huge debate all year. Playoffs, um, I think, were a huge factor in helping me make this decision because before playoffs, I said Tanev. I said Tanev's your guy. He's stable. He's finally played eight, all 82 games plus playoffs, and he had a game winner. And I just felt he was the more stable defenseman. Now, after after the showing that Stetcher had this, these playoffs, like I think he's the guy going forward, and we could probably save a couple mil getting him too. You know what? I completely agree. Um, I think Chris Tanev is tied for the worst puck handler on the team, and that is with Jacob Markstrom. So that's not something to be very proud of. But yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, he scores the goal against Minnesota in overtime, but very very unstable with the puck and and i don't know like if he's gonna be wanting more money that's another guy too it's he's kind of replaceable you know you could probably find a guy to do what tanev does for much less money i don't even know if that's a i don't know if that's a proper english sentence it is much less it is is, though in in troy stetcher like we can we can probably get him for two and a half three tops i'd say he's a hometown guy he wants to be here he wants to win you saw the passion he played with after he scored that goal, you know, pointed to the sky for his dad, what he's done these playoffs, like like he wants to be there. I always used to say this guy skates with two feet, but you know he kind of proved me wrong. And I, 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 I would hope he would skate with two feet. I would hope he would skate with two left, feet. Two left feet. Two left feet. I meant, but yeah, no, he's proved me wrong. Um, absolutely, no, I completely agree. Uh, he was able to compete with the bigger guys, which was what which I was most shocked about. Like he just relentlessly did not give up. And that was, and I was like you, I mean, I, I was at the deadline. I was like, you know, we could probably dish this guy and whatever. But I think that these playoffs really showed who we can keep and who we can get rid of. And we'll move into goaltending later because that's a whole nother one. But I think, I, I, I genuinely think that Troy has earned his spot on this team and you know, it would be nice to keep both of them, uh, though I don't know about Tanev now after the playoffs. If Tanev's asking for too much money and we have to let him go, I mean, after what Troy showed, I'm, I'm not I'm not disappointed in having to let Tanev go. And Edler's done after this upcoming season, correct? Yeah, correct. so he's got this upcoming season and then he's gone. Love the Eagle. Um, I that's think that's six million skate- right there. Yeah, I think that skate to the head gave him a little more common sense. Uh, because he did step up his game after that a little bit. But I think defensively, I think you, you stick with Troy because what he showed was just phenomenal. I mean, obviously he's no... Um, Quinn who's, Hughes. Who's that, who's, well, Quinn Hughes, but who's that? Yeah, like, you know, even uh, Darlene. That, is that Rasmus Darlene yeah. in Buffalo? Yep. He's supposed to be good too. Like, obviously he's not that top level, uh, but... You know, he, he's there. He's a solid second, third pairing guy, and he's there when you need him. And, yeah, I, I think I think with him and I think Ulevi, I think Benning mentioned, or some, I saw on Twitter somewhere, Ulevi's expected to play this season. Yeah, I don't know if that's so true Jim or not. Jim Benning had a, in, in the post-season press conference with Travis, he, 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 he was actually very clear with the media. He stated the obvious that Jake didn't show up and that uh, all you all Ulevi will be Looks like he's ready to be a full-time NHL player. Um, and then, yeah, and then he kept making the stink about having two good goalies that, like you said, we'll dive into in a little bit. Yeah, and, and so with all of you, Levy coming up, and I, I think 
I think we'll be I think we'll be all right defensively. You know, with once Edler leaves, you use that money to maybe sign another guy like that's that's you know a decent defenseman. You know, second third pairing to play with Troy, and, and then you got Myers to play bottom or play your third pairing with uh, with Fantenberg because Myers. Six million dollars. Yeah, um, but I I. I I know we've always said defense is a problem with this team, but going forward from here, I mean, after a couple of guys leave, if if Tanev walks, you know, or or we let him go, I, I think defensively, I think we're in decent shape, and I think the bottom six is where the big concern comes in. Yeah, and um, obviously drafting Quinn Hughes was like think about where we would be without him, like we'd be like four steps behind where we are now. So we got him. I, I'm going to assume we let Chris Tanev walk. We get Stetcher for a little cheaper. We're obviously locked in on Myers for the long run. Edler's got one more year. And then, yeah, like you said, we'll sign hopefully like a second pairing, third pairing guy for two, three million dollars. And uh, and that's it. And then after that, we got to focus on paying Quinn, obviously. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to move to this now um, before we get into the goaltending one, because that's going to take a lot of focus. Um, the market is just so tough on Brock Besser. And this guy obviously did not score as many goals as, you know, he's supposed to as a as a first line, second line, obviously top six player um, that just got a new contract and obviously a young stud called her nominee. Um, but do you think it's just the... Because I was thinking about this. Is it just the media that's ripping him? Like, why is he only scoring one, two goals a series? Or... Was it Travis? Because did you see, as soon as Toffoli got back, Besser went right to the second power play unit, and then later on in the series, he was on the third line. So is it just the media, or is Travis seeing this as well? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, that's one thing, actually, I got a bone to pick with Travis on that, is all the line switching he did. Um, You know, like, you got your, they're called the lotto line for a reason. It works. Um... why they weren't together at some point is beyond me because even even moving Pedersen moving Pedersen to to the first line to play with what what's your called your first line with Pearson and Toffoli I, I don't see why that would work that those guys just don't don't work I think I think Pedersen is too east west whereas Toffoli and Pearson are old school guys north south you know they're gonna just go hard north south and that's it you know Pedersen's a little bit more slow methodical creative right where and he and he can feed off of JT Miller and Brock Besser who are two younger guys who kind of or not you know didn't know how to play that game right JT Miller knows how to play that game and when JT Miller and Petey are together they work well together so the line the whole line switching by Travis I, I don't get it. Seriously, I don't get it. Um, that was the one thing I was... Other than that, I thought Travis did a fantastic job. But your question about Brock... Um, I don't know. Because he had lost his cousin, I believe it was. Uh, best, fr- uh, best friend. Like a year... Wasn't that a year No, prior? No, no, it was the best friend. But he also lost somebody during the during the playoffs too oh, i remember I, I was not aware yeah so it was the game i bet on him to score a goal and he lost uh, and he didn't score but anyways that's not important at all um but I, I think he lost somebody a cousin or an uncle or an aunt or some some somebody someone close to him um 
you know, I poor guy's got a lot of pressure on him. And like I, I don't know because he he was he was working hard, like he was getting the pucks like the puck battles and stuff, and he was doing all those little things, but I think the the way that they had him had him set up on the on the power play too though down low and you see the one game they switched him up and he scored yeah a cracker i think i think that style of game i i don't know the whole grinding game i don't know if that works for him and i i don't know because you you want to love the guy you really do and i'm not saying he played bad at all but he's just not where where you expect him to be and I don't, I don't know why that is. To be honest, like usually I can kind of put my finger on these kinds of things. Like I said with Quinn, you know, was he couldn't deal with, you know, the constant forecheck, relentless forecheck, and he adjusted his game. But with Brock, I, I just, I genuinely don't know what it is because it's not like he played bad. He just was kind of nowhere, you know. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? Is that no one uh, really knew why this guy's not scoring goals. Um, I didn't really know too much about his background and uh, losing relatives, which is never easy. Um, and I'm not. I don't know if it was a relative or, or or anything, but it was. I, I remember he lost somebody. I, I saw. Yeah. Well, regardless, I'm not going to base anyone on that. You know, I would. I, I'm sure my production, you know, at work or at school would go down after the same. So, I'm not going to judge him on that. But I mean, before or after you know there has to be a time when you got to get back in rhythm and um sometimes that's not harder that's not easy for certain guys to do and sometimes it's uh easier for others so um whatever happened i don't know but i mean guys are so on twitter so quick to just want to trade this guy and get him out of here like this is a calder nominee um probably was the only the only sense of hope um, back in like 2017, 18, when you know the Sedins were leaving, and we're like, where the hell is the direction of this team going? And if I think I'm correct when I say he played the last three games of the year and scored a couple goals, and we're like, holy crap, this guy's uh, this guy's legit. So obviously Jim signs him to a three-year deal. Um, he doesn't do that unintentionally. You know, we a lot of heat on Jim Benny, and we said, you know, if we don't make the playoffs this year, he's probably out. Well, I think he's all right now. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's going to make the right decision with Besser going forward because this is this is a, a young guy who should be part of this core for the long run. I absolutely agree, and he's got the talent, he's got the potential, he's got the skill. Um, I I just cannot put my finger on what it is with him. I he just something didn't look right, and yeah, yeah, you, you don't you don't love to see it. You hate to see it because you want to love Brock Besser. Everybody loves Brock Besser. Um, so Matt, uh, we've talked about guys who, you know, stuck out for the right way and guys who stuck out for the wrong reason. Um, is there anyone else you want to dive into here before we talk about the goaltending situation? Uh, let's see. I did my little thing on Roussel. Not saying Roussel played great, but I just love him. I love the way he plays. I love those kinds of players. And I love the way Mott played. Sutter is useless. Beagle is okay. Uh, who else is there? Oh, uh, Zach McEwen, the absence of Zach McEwen. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't know if it would have made a difference. Do, do you have any, anything to say on that topic? Like I, um, you know, someone was saying that, uh, on Twitter that, that he needs to be in this lineups cause he's, um, 
you know, he's aggressive, and obviously Vegas and, and St. Louis were probably two of the most physical teams in the entire league this year. Um, and that, you know, he needs to, we did agree that we needed to take out Louis. Um, and then some people were saying to put him in for, uh, for 10 or Sutter. And, and I just didn't see it. Uh, McEwen is not a valuable asset of this team, in my opinion. If I'm unmistaken, he's a RFA this offseason. I don't think the Canucks will have any issue letting him walk. Uh, he played a bunch of games in Utica this year. The one game I went to, or I went to two games this year. One of them was against Colorado, and the guy netted two in a 6-3 victory, which was cool. But, um, yeah, there's there, I don't see any uh, future with him in this team. Yeah, that's kind of how I saw it, too, was I kind of like people were wanting him in. I don't know if I would have, if he would have made that much of a difference, to be quite honest. Uh, who else are we missing in the, in the forward? Louie was out. I mean, Louie's Louie. I think we probably would win the Stanley Cup if Louis played every single game, but that, that's, that's another. That's just it right there. That was the issue. Uh, that was the issue. Um, whoever made that lineup call to take out Louis, it's, that's uh, that's your fault um, that we didn't win the Stanley Cup this year. It's because we didn't have Louis. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm good to go and ready to go to goaltending here. So all right, let's do it. So obviously, uh, a lot of the talks. Um, that we had was Markstrom, you know, going to be uh, a free agent this offseason. We need a, you know, a guy we need to pay. Was vote, We said was the MVP of the team this year and then got voted MVP of the team by the team. Um, and then what do you know, game five, he goes, game four, he goes down with a hammy. We're down 3-1. Uh, 24-year-old Thatcher Demko comes in here and uh, plays absolutely lights out. Um, what was what was the game? Was did he get the shutout in game five or six? I forget. Game six, he got the shutout, forty nine save shutout. I think it was most ever by a rookie. Or so. he set some kind of record with that game. Yeah. So he yeah he let it. He, so he had one hundred twenty three saves on a hundred twenty five shots after his uh, three games. So that's obviously just an uh, incredible performance. And if you look at it, these aren't shots that are just hitting this guy in the chest. He was sprawling. He had to deal with, uh, you know, pucks off the referees, bucks off the boards, wraparounds, um, and breakaways, two-on-ones. Like, he, he robbed, I forget who it was, Tuck or Pacioretty at the very end of Game 7 when it was already one nothing, just to, just to keep us in it for a little longer. Yes, I um, do remember Like, great yeah. A-plus chance right in front of the net. Um, and he just absolutely robbed some. And he did that quite a few times. So, um, now... After watching the press conference, I thought it was going to be obvious that Markstrom was going to get his money, but just not with the Canucks. But Jim Benning says that it's very important um, to have two goalies, which is, it is, I'll give him that. And especially, he also said since our travel schedule, we're on the very west coast, so, um, you know, it makes traveling a little longer and harder on this team. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it first before I before I start speaking more. Well, here, here's the thing. I just want to talk about his three games there. He played phenomenal. Um, everything, actually not only him, but the defenseman did a fantastic job of any loose pucks in front of the net. They were out of the, they were out of there. Like they were gone. I, I got to give it to credit to the defenseman. I know I usually like to harp on them and give them a hard time, but credit where credit is due. They did a fantastic job there. That being said, Demko also did a fantastic job of every shot that he could he brought it right into him into his chest and he slowed the play down like he or the puck was covered you know the play would stop he did a fantastic job of doing that where he could so credit to him there 
And obviously you saw some of the, the terrific saves that he made. Just outstanding. And, I mean, if they could get Mark... Now, obviously, Markstrom's contract is value, sorry, has gone down for me in my eyes. So if they can get him for... What's he at now? Four, right? Something like that, yep. I think he's at four. So if you get him... I'm trying to think here. If you get him for four and a half, five, maybe five and a half, maybe. And then it comes time for Seattle to make their expansion picks. Protect Demko because Demko's much younger. That was one of the things too, actually. I didn't realize Demko was 24. I thought he was like 27, 28, like Markstrom. I didn't realize this kid's 24. I was shocked. So uh, future's definitely bright, but... An option there is to sign him for, because Seattle makes their expansion picks next year, right? I believe so, yep. So if you can sign him for, f- I would say, five, five by three, I would say, try and get something like that. I don't see and him then, signing him for less than four years, to be honest with you. No? I, I think uh, a four by five or a five by five is realistic. And probably saving us a few bucks, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever it ends up being, term term doesn't doesn't really matter because you can just throw him on the bench anyways, as long as he's decent enough to be a backup. But if you can sign him for, I think five, I think is is a good a good price, especially with how Demko played. Because I obviously Marky seems like a straight up guy, and you say to Marky like, you know, Marky, listen, you know. Thatcher played unbelievable. You saw how he played. You were there in the press box with your mask upside down uh, watching the games. You saw how he played. And obviously, you know, we can't give you too much because we want to be able to keep him because he's, you know, I think Mark, he's a straight up guy and he'll understand that. Now, that being said, you sign him for about five. Hopefully he plays well next year if we re-sign him. Protect Demko and hope that uh, Seattle takes Markstrom uh, as as their pick from us in their expansion draft because I think I think that would be beneficial to us if Seattle took him and he'd still be in the area too for any Markstrom fans out there he'd still be still be close to home and I think I think that might be the best or one of the better options because I'm a advocate for having two good goalies as well on the team because I mean you look at how Vegas played. I know Flurry lost the game, but I don't necessarily think Flurry played bad. I think I think the Canucks just played that well and I think and I, and I, yeah, I think I think having that those two guys there that can play, I think is is what you try to aim for, you know? Obviously if Marky's asking for too much, well then as much as I love the guy, Sorry, you got to go because we got Mikey DiPietro coming up eventually too. And Thatcher obviously has proved himself. And so I, I think, I think it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think Jim saying there's two goalies or we want to obviously have two goalies, I think is, is the right strategy to push for. Yeah. And now that you brought up Mikey's name too, that makes gets me thinking about having Demko out there on the ice and, and Mikey on the bench in a, in a year's time or two years at the most, I think he'd be ready. Um, so, yeah, and like you said, if we gave Markstrom a few bucks there, hey, that, that will either repel Seattle 
um, from taking him or it'll uh, or it'll just clear up some nice cap space for us so I think uh, if Jim Benny can pull off a nice deal with him we will have two good goalies going to the next the next season and then uh, we either have you split them 50 50 in the season too like don't don't just play Marky all the time as your starter you got to split them 50 50 so Demko can get that experience right and uh, you know back to backs you always you always split those and uh, the hard the hard road games when you're down in Florida or in New York, you know, you always split those two. Uh, and and yeah, like I, I like I like that idea, and that's something I never thought about until you brought it up now. And one thing I just really don't want is another Vegas expansion draft where these guys just rob Anaheim for Shea Theodore, and they go and get Pacioretty in the market and this and that and then now look at them they made the playoffs they made the finals in their first year almost won the damn thing and then they had uh they had a game they had two game sevens now and they're still going this year so st or not st louis tampa bay will take care of them i i'm i've gained confidence in tampa bay <laughs> yeah they're, i mean they're looking pretty good and i i want stamp coast to do it I, i've always been a fan of him so um i really hope he gets his, his shot now that the canucks are out but uh yeah, that's that's a great point about um, um, the two goalie situation and the uh, Kraken. Yeah, and and actually to just touch on Stamkos, he's one of those guys between his injuries and the fact that he literally plays on the other side of the continent um, from us. Like you just kind of forget about him, honestly. Like I think he's is he in, he's injured again, isn't he? I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Uh, I I actually yeah. genuinely think he's injured again. So, but if if he could do it, I mean, good for him. Um, you love to see it. It's one of those things you do love to see. I don't know. I think I think Jim Benning's proven he has the the capability to pull off some good moves. Uh, that being said, he's pulled off some really bad moves too. But I think I think we can kind of put most of our trust in that Jim Benning will do what's best for this organization. Not all of it. He hasn't earned all my trust yet. But I think that. He uh, he's definitely earned some of it. I think he'll uh, I think he'll do what's best for the team. I hope he does what's best for the team. Otherwise, I don't know if if he signs some more bad contracts. I think he's got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think uh, you know he's not on the hot seat anymore after uh, you know being one game shy of the conference finals. And I think uh, Greener is also all right for for time to come here. I, I like what he's doing. You know. Like we, uh, you said it more than I did about the whole line matching and shuffling. Yeah, not a fan um, of the whole line matching thing. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit of experimenting, right? You, uh, you know, you can afford to do that in game one and two because if you go down two nothing because you know some lines didn't work out, like there's still room to make back. It's obviously not ideal, um, but you you got to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, especially this year, you know, when guys aren't playing together for five months, then all of a sudden you're in a playoff atmosphere, right? Um, so I didn't, I didn't mind it too much. At the end of the day, we were a win away from the conference finals. Um, I just want to end on a bit of a high note here when I'm saying this. This was a team that was at ninth place in the Western Conference at the pause. Uh, it's very little playoff experience, right? Bo Horvat had a, a first-round series five years ago. Chris Tanev, Edler, whatever. Um, yeah, last in the playoffs of 2015, and we lost in the first round there. We're the last Canadian team standing. You have the Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid at Oilers. You got the they, whole Marner, God. Matthews, 
Tavares. Gift from God. Gift from God line, cursed by the jersey out there in Toronto. Um, Winnipeg. The Habs made a strong who, showing. Winnipeg was almost in the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals like three years ago. And here are the Canucks out of, out of, you know, out of the blue. We're the last team standing and we came one short, one win shy of the conference finals. Um, I, I, I was about to say I couldn't be happier. I obviously could be a lot happier. Um, but this is a team we didn't have high expectations for. I'm going to go back and find the clip. I'm pretty sure I made a prediction uh, a couple months ago that said I see us uh, going first round and then uh, possibly second furthest. Um, so, like I said, my, my, my expectations were kind of met, if not exceeded, by going the distance against the one seed, going all the way to Game 7. Um, we've, we've talked about the offseason, what we want. We did that with multiple guests now, and probably for the first three months of the show, oh, what's your offseason priorities? Um, so now, I think this, this whole bubble situation, um, that was a miracle to come together at all, really showed you know, what, what we need to do going forward. And, uh, yeah, I think our future is brighter than the sun. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you look at the hockey that we were playing coming into the break. I know Demko, you said Demko was shaky and all that. But the, the team didn't help me. I don't think it's back on it now. Um, so the future's bright. What happens here, I think, I, I would like to think, like I said, if, if, Marky, if Marky's too much, I would think that they would keep Demko over Marky. Well, there's no way he's getting rid of Demko. If they don't agree with Markstrom, Demko, Demko's the man. Yeah, it was a good run. Unfortunate ending. Um, you know, that's all right. We'll be back next year. And uh, see you guys next episode. I want to